Hello, hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda and Jess back at it. On the previous podcast on Tuesday, we went into a lot of what Jess does and brings to this world. So if you did not catch that session or you did not catch that podcast, please go back and listen to it. There's a lot of nuggets, and I'm sure that you'll want to go back to it numerous times. In this podcast, we are going to be going into Jess's chart. She is a manifester, so this is going to be a lot of fun. But before we do that, I'm going to just introduce her one more time. Jess Keating is a best-selling author, scientist, and a holistic money mentor who helps creatives and entrepreneurs heal their deepest blocks so they can create a rich and full life and business. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, Global, The Parents Magazine, CBC, BuzzFeed, and more. And Jess has traveled around the world, written more than 20 books, and has spoken to thousands of creative visionaries about science-backed inspiration and soulful expansion in the work that truly matters to them. She has built her flagship program, which is called the Creative Money Awakening, which I am a member of, which helps others build a thriving money ecosystem so their life and business can fully feel as beautiful and multidimensional as they are. So here we go. Let's dive in to her chart. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 manager who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda here with Jess Keating going into her chart. Want to say hello, hello? Hello, hello, everybody. Thanks for joining. So this is where we get to play a little bit and they get to learn about her, Jess, a little bit more. Although I know um, know you pretty well because being in the money yeah, you know me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> but now I get You're to know a little bit more. Through. Yeah. You're probably looking through being like, oh, that makes sense. And that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, because that would be out of judgment. There's no judgment. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're not that's, the judgy type. No, human design, actually, it gives you the opportunity to love all of the things yeah. that we used to judge about ourselves. At Beautiful. least that's how I feel. Yeah. So you have the throat defined and the emotional solar plexus defined with the one channel, 3536. Yes. Everything else is undefined. So I wanted to just touch on that in the G center. Um, yeah, I haven't talked about the G center a lot in this, but I do want to today just because I know on a personal level that it can be very difficult with a G, G center because it's yes. where love 
direction identity is, Co-sign. right? Cosign. <laughs> yes. So I would love to hear um, either a story or a reflection um, on your G-Center of an experience that you either realized that you were following someone else's direction or identity or maybe uh, experience of how you've connected to your own identity. So the thing that first comes to mind is actually when I was in, when I was a kid and then as I moved into university, um, we kind of alluded to this a little bit um, in our earlier chat, Miranda, where, so I'm a scientist, I'm a shamanic guide, I'm an artist, all these things. And it's only now in the past kind of, you know, decade-ish or so that I've accepted that because it's me. But when we are younger, I'd like to say like one of the most, one of the worst questions we can ask kids is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. Right. Instead ask like, what do you love? Because when I was a kid, it actually did give me a hell of a lot of stress because it was like pick an identity. And I think because of just the way my brain or my personality works, I'm really good at sort of assessing identity quickly, if that makes sense. Like, oh, you're this type of person. Like you're, you're an earth mama. You're a, you know, the scientist, you're the, all these things, which of course is like, there's an element of generalization there, which is not ideal, but that's the way my brain works. (laughs) And of course it's not, we're all just more than one person. Right. But giving myself permission to be all of those things it actually, there was one situation, and I know I've mentioned this before, but it, I think it'll be helpful for people to hear. When I was in university, I was doing grad school, and I was literally in an interdepartmental program between um, the science department and the philosophy department. So I wanted to make my own master's, basically, with all of these different things that I was learning. Both sides told me no. I had to do like a whole thing to get like the dean to sign a paper to say I wasn't crazy and all of that. And when I was just kind of getting out of that, I went to my advisor and I just felt, I felt so awful. It felt like because I couldn't pick one identity, so to speak, of like what I want to do with my career or whatever, it felt like I had to forfeit all of them. Does that make sense? Like it was just this sense of like, if you don't pick your lane, you get no lane. And I sat down and I basically said that. I was like, I don't know where to fit myself here because if I try to fit myself in box one, I feel gross about this. And if I try to fit myself in box two, I feel gross about this. You know, like, am I a scientist? Am I an artist? Should I do like work for myself? All of these things. And he said to me, and it it changed my life forever. He sat me down. He's like, okay, I want you to listen to this. He said, there are some people for whom being in the values of life and specializing feels like home. He said, there are people who are meant to have, you know, certain identities that allow them to grow their best selves. And they can show that in their work, they can show that in their personal life and all of that stuff. But he's like, you, my friend, you're not a valley person. You are a mountaintop person. And the goal of the mountaintop person is to straddle all of the different mountaintops that you love and then look at the bigger landscape and then see where those different mountaintops, how those different ecosystems can sort of connect with each other right? Like see the patterns, see the kind of bird's eye view. And if you can allow yourself to be a mountaintop person, you will notice that you can take all of what you see and create something different with it. And as I'm hearing this now, like that's total manifestor pep talk, right? Like that's totally a manifestor pep talk that he gave me, but he didn't know that. But it was allowing myself to occupy the identities almost simultaneously as I needed to and let myself 
feel like I could engage with any part of myself that made sense at the time and also Mm -hmm. drop the things that didn't. And I mean, I'm not sure particularly how that relates to the center that we're talking about, but I think being able to hold all of the possibility loosely that rather than like gripping, clinging, right? Which I think we try to do in business a lot, right? Like with the Instagram bio, like it's maddening Mm -hmm. because that's forcing you to grip something, right? And some people just aren't meant to do that. Like you're an MG for God's sakes, right? Like you, you get like being in all of these different spaces. So I think it wasn't really until much later, more recently in my life that I allowed that to be okay. Mm. And you know, with the G center too, it is like the bigger perspective as with the open G center Mm -hmm. undefined, it's really about, um, you get to be many things this life. I mean, that's what you're really here designed to do is you get to do all the things you get to experience all the things and there is no one way and something may fulfill you for a certain amount of time. And then as soon as it's done, it's time to like move on and it's okay. Right. Well, and that's the thing when you say it's okay, like I, I still work with a lot of shame about that. The expansions or the pivots or the, I mean, I'm somebody, I can pour my life and heart into something and it will have so much meaning. And then the minute it's done. And I think that's also a manifestor thing, right? Like the initiation stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The minute it's kind of got life of its own and it can kind of off you go, like off, off you go to college. Now that feeling I have, I still have to work through a lot of that shame because there is something about like, if it's not permanent or, you know, we talk about like life purpose, we, we think that like life purpose is a thing that is stagnant, right? Like my life purpose is this. And like, I don't believe that. I think your life purpose, purpose can morph and change and expand and pivot and wind as we go, of course. But saying that intellectually is one thing and feeling like that's okay for me to let certain things go, let certain aspects of my identity go, or even to try out new ones. Like I, I basically have to tell myself every day that it's okay for me to occupy that beginner's mind. You know what I mean? That like stumbly wobbly feeling and I'm good at it now, but I wasn't because we all want to be like, you know, like grounded all the time and what we're doing and like plant our flags. But the way I see it now is I just have like 50 flags that have just planted, <laughs> planted all over the place. <laughs> well, as a manifester, you really are here to start things. And sometimes manifestors don't even finish things. And there's that, mm-hmm. that feeling of guilt because I started this, I should feel, finish it, but it doesn't yeah. feel good to me anymore. Um, but I love that you also said the focus aspect that you really focus and hone in because you have the nine, which is all about focus. You have it double. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> yes. The nine is, and it's a beautiful gift, especially as a manifester, because you see the conundrum there. Like as a manifester, you're here to start things, but now you have double nines, which is in your South node. So it's like before the age 40. Yeah. So you're like, you were trying to remember and trying to feel and how do I focus? Where do I focus? Where do I? So that's what you were struggling with. And now in the North node in the 16, it's all about expressing it through the voice with enthusiasm. So now it's like, putting it out there. That's really what you're here to do in your soul's purpose is to express and share with enthusiasm, all of those things. So it's very interesting. And if I'm not enthused about it, I guess, then that's the cue. 
right? That's the cue to kind of shift. So that's the thing. Like I, the, the phrase that keeps coming to mind when I look back at my history, I mean, we all make mistakes. I'm not saying I regret things, but we all make mistakes. One of the things that I have done before is what I would describe as outstaying my welcome in a certain project or like I've always with myself, right? So like writing a book or something, there have been, I can remember um, having like an idea for a book that I, I talked to my agent about it. I was like, this is like, this is amazing. This is like a million dollar project. It's incredible. It's an, um, awesome. I have to do this. And then that thing happened where it just, it was like, nope, it just disconnected. It just ended. And I was like, no, this isn't for me anymore. I think it's for somebody else. And like, sure enough, I've seen it published. Somebody published it and it's, that's, that's great. But it's that guilt or shame around not following through necessarily, right? That it's, I think I've gotten pretty good now at accepting that not all ideas are meant to be fully planted in me. And because I think I'm naturally pretty attuned to what I would call the creative consciousness, right? Like nature, the stuff that helps things grow in the world, that to me is the same energy as creative projects. So I'll kind of sniff out like, oh, there's like something that wants to come through here. And if it's a project that sounds amazing, of course, I'm going to want to do that. But I would say like 90% of the time, I'll sniff at that project and I'll kind of like do a little bit of research, a bit of focus on it. But then I will just know instinctively, no, that's for, that's for Jenny. That's for somebody like somebody I haven't met yet. And it's really only again, like in the past 10 years that I've allowed that to not be a, like um, a bad quality myself rather than Mm -hmm. like gripping it, right? Like letting it just go, which sounds lovely and divine, but like, it also feels it can kick your scarcity in, right? Because like, oh, the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? We say that line, but sometimes you have to let all the birds go so that the right birds can come to you. Well, that even goes into your strategy because you're an emotional authority Mm -hmm. and you have a totally open head. So what that means is there's no, uh, there's no gates activated or defined in the head. So yeah. So honestly, the ideas that you receive, they aren't all for you because you're taking in everyone else's ideas and then (laughs) following your strategy is how you know what idea is best for you. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like hearing you say that. So um, Creative Money Awakening is one of those things that I had in and around me, like the consciousness of that. I could feel that um, project. I could feel that space for years. And it wasn't until like, I let, I would, I guess looking back now, it was that kind of full emotional wave. I've learned to recognize now, you know, I, I think the strategy is like you ride it out. You want to feel the good and the bad, so to speak, like the really hype stuff, but also the low stuff. I let myself do that so much that by the time I actually got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm doing this thing. I had almost experienced it at its best and at its worst. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. it, and that really now helps me not feel urgency about like, oh, I gotta, I gotta build it more. I got like all of these things because I recognize it has its own destiny in a way. And it feels like I was just kind of the lucky person to be able to plant with that. And I know it's not going anywhere, but I don't think if I had jumped on it, you know, years ago, well, it, it just wouldn't have worked out. Like, I just know it wouldn't have happened like that. So it's kind of, it's neat to hear you talk about like that, that aspect of, the ideas and the projects and stuff and how they're not all meant for you. But if you do hang in there, the ones that are, they get really, really freaking loud. (laughs) 
Exactly. They're the ones that you feel it in your body, weigh yeah. out your wave. You're like, okay, it's I have like, to do this. Yeah. It's non-negotiable. That's the thing. Like there's the things you should do that your brain is like, oh, but this would make money or, oh, this would look good. But then there's like the non-negotiable ones where it's like, listen, I'm not going to leave you alone if you don't finally like start working with me here. Um, you know, I'm noticing that you sit back a lot. Like you just explained. Do I? That you're oh, able. Probably, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, sit back, meaning like you wait, mm-hmm. sit back. That's what you wait yeah, to yeah, you for things. Yeah. Um, and you have the open or undefined route. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. the undefined route really can put you under pressure to like get all the things done right then and yeah. there. So I'm wondering, how did you connect those dots where you can trust yourself to sit back and wait? The So you, the honest answer is a near-death experience that from like my life. Like it was, um, I am a very skilled hustler. I'm a very skilled overworker. Um, and this is uh, like, you know, from being in CMA, like this is something that I actively work with and tend every day and I'm building a new experience for myself. But I, I think because my normal energy output, like my husband has this joke where like, if I could, you know, have eight hours in the day to do my job, I can theoretically get like a month worth, 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 Jesus, a month worth of work done in that eight hours. And when I'm in go mode for something that really inspires me, that feels lovely. That's amazing but I don't have an off button. Like I, I recognize that I don't have an off button. And if I'm doing projects that are maybe not as aligned with me, it, I would just not recognize that. Like, I am just like, I, when I say 24 hours a day, like I'm kind of not exaggerating, like even in my first waking moments or like when I'm off the bed, that constant hamster wheel of like, you need to keep going. You need to keep making, you need to keep whatever. Cause I like what I do, but until I kind of got the finesse of recognizing a, what projects or what creative endeavors are actually the ones for me, I couldn't, like I was just spinning. And even now I basically have to build in like a safeguards for myself. Like I have rules now where I won't do certain things after like 8 PM, for example, like work-related stuff, because I want to, <laughs> like, I, I want to just sit there. And I mean, for all the years of, you know, being in university and like academic life and as a writer, it was normal for me to be writing up, you know, two, three in the morning. That's just, I love that feeling, but I had to recognize like, it was not like I have a human body too. And like, we need sleep. We need, you know, water and fresh air. And I just, like I said, my husband, he's just like, you don't have an off button. You need to mm-hmm. get better at turning like almost forcing yourself like shut the computers put the books away put the pencils away and um I don't know if you've seen Hamilton but there's a line in there where it says like you know why do you write like you're writing at a time and when we watched that we had it on like we got on Disney plus and my husband was like oh my god that's you like you write like you're running out of time and I I still have not yet assimilated that, I think, for its positive aspects. Do you know what I mean? Like, I still hear that and I think like, oh, yeah, I do. Because I do have this sense of like, I have one life in this capacity to get it when I want to get it, like to get my messages out. And I don't want to waste time. 
But I also know from my kind of shamanic and healing work that there is no wasted time, right? Mm -hmm. But knowing it and allowing your body and nervous system to play with that in a way and like ground into that is they're two entirely different things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you just explained too um, beautifully the sacral. Um, because mm-hmm. the sacral is undefined for you too. So that is <clears throat> work and life force. Yeah. So if oh, you're you taking that in, you're, you're going to amplify it. So you're going to yeah. amplify like 70% is many gens and gen. So as a manifester, you amplify all the work and life force, <laughs> all that. <energy>. Right. <laughs> yeah. So of course, when you're in the flow, you don't feel like it's hard. You don't feel like any of that, but it's what you said is the conscious awareness of this is not my energy. It's time for me to rest. Yeah. Yeah. So as that's a really open, hard, that's really hard. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to no, say as an open just, sacral. Yeah, go ahead. As an open sacral. <laughs> as an open sacral, a lot of people have a hard time when, when, when is yeah. enough enough with work? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when you pair that with like being a person with really big dreams and really big drive, and really big aims we do tend like we still often subscribe to the idea of like oh it's a bigger task therefore I have to work harder right like that's just I think that's something we all struggle with I think and obviously I work to kind of actively decompress or de-tease that apart inside of me um but it's I recognize now like when I'm thinking of the people that I've been around for example in like um, academic situations or creative situations, there have certainly been times where I have just been almost feeding off their energy. And like, I won't even, I won't even know it. And then like, they'll leave and I'll just be like, like sitting there simmering. And it's like, okay, we need to do like, we need to get rid of, I love kickboxing, for example. And I think that's one of the reasons, because I can just sort of like vomit out leftover energy and just like, okay, close the door for a while. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, with so much openness, you definitely need to be in your own space. Yeah. I'm one of those people who like enough alone time is never enough. And I don't know how that sounds like I, I love, I, I don't think I've ever been lonely, lonely in my life ever. Like I just love, I could spend 12 hours a day alone and there's just so much to occupy me in my mind and like in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Have you um, connected with the three, five part of your profile? Yes. Um, and I think honestly, in terms of like the big picture, the three five-ness of it all is the most um pingy part for me. Like it's the the most wounded, I would say, like the most um the thing I judge myself for the most, the thing that if I could I don't mean this, but like you know how people say like if you could change something, like the three five for me, when I look at like my life's path, that's the thing for me that I'm like, really? Like, really? You couldn't have just given me a one somewhere to like satisfy Like that part of me, like the, the three in particular, because to me, the messaging behind the three is like, you're just going to win by failing. Right. And while I recognize like my life has been that, and I don't see myself as having tons of fails. It's just I just explore damn near everything. Like I am that lucky person who gets to be everywhere I want to be. I go, 
And I've always been like that. And I think one of my key markers, I guess, would be like resilience. I've never let like something that's not, you know, from an outward perspective, not a success. I've never let that really get to me. But when I look at like the three, five as like a, you know, like the read up on kind of that type, it hurts me. There's a little bit still of like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice though? to just not like there's people who it's like, Oh yeah, she just instantly know. And I'm like, what's that like? (laughs) Like, I don't want to have to be in everything. I don't want to have to be like testing and experimenting all that. But then I hear myself say that. And it's like, I literally became a scientist. So there's obviously some part of me that loves that work. I love being in it like that. And the five aspect that for me feels a lot more empowering just because when I read descriptions of that kind of five energy, that is the aspect of my profile. I think that, that I do feel like, yeah, like it, like it feels like a tool that I can harness. Do you know what I mean? Like that Mm -hmm. sort of ability to kind of speak from that place that feels more me. And the three feels more like little kid me, which I think Ah. naturally means, you know what I mean? Like the inner child, the person, the part of me that needs most of the, the, the love and the self-care and the healing, that's the three. Well, I mean, the three is in the conscious side. So that is yeah. what you've been working on consciously and you're yeah. aware of it forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. And then the five is the unconscious. It's like you've been doing the work and now you unconsciously know that. Now, the five is also um, a projection. There's a lot of um, projection energy on onto you people may see themselves they may think you are what they're experiencing there's that projection field so have you experienced that and how did you deal with that so yes and I do I see it as a a double-edged sword you know like everything else I see it as a gift that I think we can almost consciously kind of harness and play with which is fun um one of the things that comes to mind this is terrible but when I, so I'm an author as well. And I used to do like a lot of craft classes, like here's how to craft your novel. Here's how to craft your book or whatever. And, um, one of them was online. And for some reason, my mother like heard the tail end of it. Like she was, she clicked the link or whatever and was watching me. And she saw me interacting with people as like the comments populated. This was a long time ago, by the way. Um, and at the end of it, I was like, Oh, like, what did you think? I don't love when family members watch me kind of perform, but um, she she said to me, she's like, it's like they wanted your blood. <laughs> like that feeling of like, just get like, I think that what they saw in me was some level of, you know, like book success, right? Publishing success. And I mean, if there's one thing about writers, it's like we want with such depth, like we desire to share our stories with so much depth and heart that it is easy to look at somebody like me where it's like, Oh, published book, whatever. And kind of think like they have, they have the the trick, the secret, the, the, the makeup for that. So when she said like, it's like, they want your blood, like, just give me the thing that will help me get there. And I mean, of course, like in any field, there is no one secret. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about like the five energy, that's that's the like in projections and stuff like I've experienced that a lot and I had to very early on like I've done a lot of events where I you know I'd be speaking on a stage to 10,000 people and afterwards 
there's nothing more lovely than when people come up to you and say like, oh my God, that was incredible. Like, like you've changed my life, all of these amazing things. But I almost kind of had to close the door to all of it because if you let that stuff in, you also let the stuff of like, you know, I thought you were this, but like, you know, the, the nasty side of stuff, mm-hmm. like the negative reviews, for example, I've had negative reviews of my book. <laughs> I got one zero out of five stars once because the guy reading the book thought my name was Jeff Keating and he was, he was pissed off to learn I was a woman that like, that was it. So like, that's a really good example of like wow. somebody whose opinion I shouldn't care about, right? Like he's a, he's a person yelling from a dumpster, like in my mind. Right. But uh-huh. if I let in all of the great projection-y stuff, that door is open. And therefore, that other stuff can come in too. So I can only imagine what it would be like. I don't even occupy a state of like celebrity, so to speak. Like imagine at that level, right? But when it comes to like that five energy, um, a friend of mine, actually, we were talking about this like three fiveness. And she said, you know, like you really do feel like that person though who could be Mm -hmm. occupying that kind of level of influence and when I hear that I don't know how else to say it without sounding egotistical but like bear with me that feels right do you know what I mean like it feels right for me to have a voice that reaches lots of people but I think with that come you have to have that awareness of like where am I opening the door or not because you will just lose yourself I think with any of the the profile lines and all that, like you will just lose yourself if you kind of let in too much outside mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to point on the egotistical. Um, I'm a huge believer in like stepping into. You're like you're humble, yeah, but well, you're here that gives to you, use your voice. Yeah, and that's yes. a really good example, right? Where like I still work with this because for me to, I've gotten a lot better at not uh, adding disclaimers around you know what I mean but like that's a good example where I know that there are people out there who have exhibited a certain ego that I am like oh like because to me it comes from a wounded place right like when we're very like we're actually being jerks right I am overly aware of that and maybe it's because it's conscious like you said like I think the five is like maybe that's why so five is unconscious unconscious sorry unconscious so like I think I've probably done a lot of like recognizing in other kind of five personalities. Ooh, again, who's to know, right? But like, I like, okay, I don't love that. I do love that. And I do want to be, to me, humble is like on the earth, but also like connected up to kind of your higher self. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely something that. I see it almost as like an automatic checkpoint, right? Where I want to be able to occupy like that North Star role for the people who need me, but at the same time, not drinking my own Kool-Aid. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that, it's that kind of balance. And I think that balance is going to be different for everybody, but I always appreciate a color. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, because I've worked on that a while myself too, and yeah. it's, it's just when you're doing your own inner work and your own self-reflection and you're coming from a place of love and humanity as a whole, yeah. then that that egotism doesn't get out into the world. Like you don't put yeah. that energy out into the world unless someone is full of ego. Then they yes. see it. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's all about how you are feeling and trusting your knowing. And if they get triggered, it's because of them. It's not because of you. Yeah. And I think, and that's the thing. I think that that particular aspect of it, I am learning to be less amenable to my messaging or my words or my work. Whereas 10 years ago, that's how my work would be viewed. Even if I didn't necessarily change what I was saying, it would always be something that crossed my mind. And I don't mean in the sense of like, oh, what do people think of me? I don't mean like that. I mean, my brain was doing the very human thing of like, what is the worst interpretation that somebody could like, could this hurt somebody? Is this irresponsible? Is this unethical? Like, what is the worst interpretation of this phrase that I'm saying? That would be one of the first things that would come to mind. So that shows you like the level of like healing that I think is still necessary in most of us, right? But Mm. it's, I think I've always recognized that my voice has power and I've been on the one end of the spectrum of like, therefore use it with responsibility. Whereas I think ideally you want to be more in the middle, right? Like, I think it's great to have be ethical and thoughtful and, you know, in your integrity, but that doesn't necessarily need to include other people's perspectives, right? Which is the thing I'm learning, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's your, your totally openness too, because you're you're taking in all the energy. So, you know, you understand what people are feeling because you feel it, you take that in. So that's a gift. Like, so you mentioned earlier, I don't know if all this openness is a gift, but because of that, it is (laughs) because you understand and you, you create in a way that people will not feel that way, you know, or you try to. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to touch on the last thing. Um, Something came up to me with your books and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to touch on the books because you mentioned the three, which is all about experimenting and all of that kind of stuff. Isn't that what a lot of your books are about? Yes. (laughs) A lot of my books. Well, so two things about my books. Um, When I look at, at the experimenter, I have in the realm of like children's publishing, like I have done every type of category and genre of book there is. And that a good, actually, it's a good way to tie in like the guilt thing. Um, so I've done picture books. I've done nonfiction books, like my science stuff. I've done illustration work myself. I've done graphic novels. I've done novels. And every time I kind of completed like a little body of work, I've done like, I think 20, 23 or 25 uh, books now. Every time I completed like a little genre, I would feel guilt for wanting to explore another type of writing. Right. And it took me a little while, but then finally I was like, okay, this is who I am. But it is funny that like the actual content of my books, it's all about the importance of learning who you are, being brave enough and bold enough to share your voice with others. And typically that's because I recognize, I think I intuitively recognized as a kid, like the process of sharing what matters to you is how you enact change in the world. Like that almost selfish level. And I use that as a good term, like that selfish Mm -hmm. self-centeredness. I think we should be self-centered because if we're self-centered, we are self-resourced, right? When you have that and you have something to say, no matter who, like what you are, what your type is, when you have something to say and you find the way of saying it, that just like, just it's a little moment of like dinging that universe, like putting a little tiny dent in the universe. 
that is your way of almost like rallying all the people and all the energy that are meant to hear it. And now when I look at like, you know, 20 some books, like you said, you, so you've done your research, you can see like, there's a very clear pattern. I'm like, okay, it just has like a bone to pick. <laughs> like I do though, because I think it is only through, and I don't just mean this for threes or whatever. It is only through exploration does not necessarily experimentation, but exploration of all of the things that light us up that we can really kind of plug into that full tapestry of who we are. Like I, I literally think of it like a, like a, you know, beautiful woven tapestry and you can kind of like plug in different ends of that. It just starts lighting up. And when you do that, you're just going to become that beacon for other people who probably really need to hear what you actually have to say too because we're all just like cross-pollinating and there's the ecosystem again, right? Like mm-hmm. we're all just cross-pollinating our messages and we all need each other creatively to thrive like that. Mm-hmm. And that even goes back to the human design types, you know, yeah. with yeah. competition and all that. We're really here to support one another, be ourselves. So I love that you brought that in with your books. As you all can hear, Jess has so much goodness to give with all of the money awakening, all of the books, everything that she's done. So definitely I'll have everything in the show notes to check her out, going on the website. You can look at our books. And um, is there anything else that you wanted to say about your chart or being here with us today? No, I've just had an amazing time. I think that it's always worth exploring the different facets of yourself. And like I said at the top, like human design is just a really beautiful and I won't say easy way because of of course it goes pretty deep and you can get all kinds of insights going, but it's an accessible way, you know, to to learning more about yourself. So I recommend one thing that that keeps coming back to me just per this conversation is like all of the things that you think about yourself that are weaknesses or liabilities or like not great imagine how they might be the opposite imagine how like for me as an example my openness in my chart for a long time I saw that as a liability I saw it as a giant weakness and it was like oh my god all these freaking problems soaking up everybody else's energy like that's awful because it felt like a really difficult like I just put in life on challenge mode but working with that and even today like talking with you it just little insights come through and I can see like that's a gift it's a huge gift to be able to play in all these different realms and weave it all together. So if you're looking at your chart as a listener and thinking like, oh, I hate this about myself or I hate this stupid thing, this stupid number, this stupid gate, whatever, like challenge yourself to imagine, get your brain to work, ask your brain, it will help you. How is this also a really great skill? How is this also something that I can use that's powerful and just leave it open? And if you need help, like go to a Miranda, <laughs> you know, oh. like, she can help you with that. And if you want help turning that into money, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> come join that. us. You're going to find all of both of us in the same spots. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your brilliance, everything that you give the world. Grateful that we're able to connect. And um, thank you again. We'll look forward to seeing you, you so on much the next for having one. Me. Maybe I'll have you again. Have me anytime. I am happy to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. 
So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.